Welcome to the Qalam Institute podcast. You're listening to Lives of the Prophets by Mufti Hussein Kamani. Imagine spending two weeks every day, morning and evening, with the Prophet That's the vision behind Sirah Intensive. Every year, over a hundred people from all over the world come together to spend two weeks immersed in learning about the life and character of the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad Sign up and get more information at sirahintensive.com. That's S-E-E-R-A-H intensive.com. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi ladhin astafa. Khususan ala Sayyidi Rasuli wa Khatim al-Anbiya wa ala alihi al-Azkiya wa ashabihi al-Azkiya amma ba'd. Last week in our class we talked about the creation of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam. And we went into some detail regarding his creation and some of the incidents that occurred after that. One very important thing to remember is that this whole incident of Adam salam being created, the angels being commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to go into prostration before him, shaitan refusing the grand um, command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have shaitan removed from paradise, and then Adam salam being sent to paradise all of this happened, as the Prophet ﷺ tells us in the hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari, on Friday. All of this happened on Jummah. And this was the day that Prophet Adam ﷺ also entered into paradise. And this also is mentioned under the virtue of Jummah, the great things that happened historically on this day. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Fihi khuliqa Adam, that on this day Adam ﷺ was created. And all the incidents that followed also happened on this very same day. Now there are many, many lessons that we can learn from the creation of Adam and the story of the angels prostrating in front of Adam and so on. There are two things I wanted to highlight though. The first thing is that what we learn from Adam creation is that something as humble as soil can be turned into the greatest of all creation by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a very powerful point if you pay attention to it. That anything can become anything, anyone can become anything by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If that person really devotes themselves and dedicates themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know that Adam alayhi salam was the father of human beings. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honored him in a way that he was masjud al-mala'ika. The mala'ika were made to prostrate in front of him. So does that mean that every human being is better than every angel? We learned there that Adam alayhi salam was made as the one who the angels prostrated in front of. Does this equal to human beings having a rank over angels, all human beings? No. The scholars, they say, that the best of human beings have the ability to be greater than the best of angels. The best of human beings have the ability to be better than the best of angels. However, even in the angels, there are some angels that have a rank that other than the prophets, the average human being cannot even surpass them. Because they were granted a special rank by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, Jibreel salam. The average human being cannot do ibadah and cannot worship Allah in a way that that person can surpass Jibreel salam in his rank. And the reason for this is because Jibreel salam is the leader of all of the angels. He was the one who brought revelation to each prophet in the history of mankind. So this is one thing to remember, that just because we are human beings doesn't make us superior to all of the creation by default. It is possible that the human being could falter and fail and then take itself back to That very same human being that Allah honored can go the other way too if they don't hold their honor up high. And on the same point, another thing to remember is that you have the ability to go far though. 
and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put that potential inside you, you have the ability to truly be Khalifatullah fil ard the successor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the world. But the question is, where do you want to go with yourself? How far do you want to push yourself? That's one thing I want you to keep in mind. The second thing that we learn from the story of Adam alayhi salam and the angels prostrating in front of him and shaitan refusing to prostrate is that someone like shaitan, Iblis, who was so elevated and such a great person because of his ibadah. They say he had done so much ibadah, so much ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that his rank was considered to be amongst the angels because of the excessive ibadah that he did. But even that person with so much ibadah, when he was caught by arrogance, was kicked out of paradise. How arrogance and how being disrespectful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took this person out of paradise. It wasn't just his arrogance, it wasn't just a sin that shaitan committed, it was a sin with arrogance and denial as well. He was being proud in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he was being disrespectful to that gathering and to his creator, and that's what ultimately had him expelled from paradise. So these are some good points that I want you to remember as we, um, uh, as we walk through the story of Adam alayhi salam. Now what does Adam alayhi salam, what does Adam even mean? What is the meaning of Adam? Now scholars differ in opinion on the origin of the word Adam. Some scholars say that this word Adam belongs to a language that is lost. And they say because language is lost, its origins can also not be truly pinpointed. Another group of scholars, they say that Adam is actually from the Arabic language. And they say that it's from Adimul Ard, which means that someone who is from the earth, and since Adam salam was created from the earth, therefore he is known as Adimul Ard. Some scholars, they say, Adama comes in the meaning of khalata, which means to mix. And when Adam salam's soil was presented in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it was mixed with water. Hence the two main components of his creation, water and soil. And these two things together, reminding us of this uh, creation of Adam salam, he is known as Adam. I know we should discuss this up ahead, but we'll just discuss this now so it's done with. What is the meaning of Hawa, which was Adam salam's companion, who, will, who we will soon learn about? The scholars, they say that Hawa is derived from the Arabic word Hay, and Hay means to be living. And since she is the mother of human beings, those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed life with, therefore her name is Hawa, which is in the hyperbole form, the ism mubalagha of the word Hay, Hawa. Scholars different opinion again what their names actually are and what their origins are. Now we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after this gathering was over, after Adam salam was honored in front of the angels, he was guaranteed permission to dwell in, dwell in paradise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Adam salam, go into paradise, enjoy yourself there, you can do whatever you want. However, there's one thing that you cannot do. And what is that one thing? No, not eat from a tree. That's not the one thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him not to do. Allah did not tell him not to eat from the tree. Allah said to him, وَلَا تَقْرَبَ هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَةِ Eating is one thing. Don't even go, don't even go near it. Don't even go close to it. Because that's the nature of temptation. When a person is tempted by a particular thing, you shouldn't think that I need to stay away from that. I can't do that. You need to think, you need to, think to yourself, I, I need to stay away from it. Telling yourself that that thing is haram and I have to, I can't do that one particular thing. What that tells you is that you can get close to it and being close to a sin is actually dangerous enough. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Adam alayhi salam that don't put yourself in an environment where then you can fall into sin. 
How you save yourself from sin is not going close to it at all. That's why Hassan al-Basri used to say that one of the conditions of a sincere tawbah, one of the conditions of a sincere repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that you cut off the pathways that lead you to the sin. If there is someone who makes you sin, you need to tell that person, I'm deleting your number, never see me again in this dunya. I, have, I, I don't want anything to do with you. Unless you fix your ways, we can be friends. But if you're a bad influence, get out of here. I don't want to be your friend. You know, don't even go near a sin. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Adam alayhi salam, and he's telling Hawa alayhi salam, wala taqraba hadihi shajara. Now when Adam alayhi salam is commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not go near this tree, the word used in the Arabic language, language is ash-shajara, a tree. Now, what kind of tree was this? So the scholars now engage in an ikhtilaf. Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu an, Sa'id ibn Jubair, they say that this was a tree of grapes. And they say that hence um, wine is pro prohibited because this was the origin that was prohibited on Adam alayhi salam and now it is prohibited on all of mankind. This is a statement of theirs. Uh, ibn Juraj says that this was an olive tree. Another group of scholars say that this was a teen. That, yes, that's the olive tree. And then they say it was a fig tree. Another group of scholars, they say that this was a tree that had dates on it, a palm tree. Some scholars, they say it was, a dra it, was a, it was a tree that had apples on it. And the ultimate opinion by most of the scholars is that Allahu A'lam is sawab. Which is that the Qur'an hasn't given anything authentic on the details of the tree. What we do know is that there was a tree that they were prohibited to go to. But hence, I still share the opinions with you since it is something the scholars have engaged and have provided some tafsir based off some narrations. Now when Adam salam entered into paradise, he felt lonely. He did not have a companion there. And you think about this, if you have everything in the world, all the possessions in the world, but no one to share them with, how much fun can you really have? If your father goes and buys you an Xbox with 500 video games, at some point you're going to get tired. The reason why people, you ask most of the kids who play a lot of video games, the reason why they play so much is because they want to show off to their friends at some point. If they want to keep playing FIFA, keep playing, so when the next party happens, they can go there and school anyone and tell them that they hardly play the game. Right? People like to, they like to enjoy their moments with other people. Now here, Adam salam has all the blessings in front of him, but he wants to share it with someone. So the hadith says, Istawhasha. He began to feel very lonely. And in this loneliness, Adam salam he fell asleep. And while he was sleeping, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created from him his companion Hawa. Okay. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the Quran. يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ اتَّقُوا رَبَّكُمْ الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ مِنْ نَفْسٍ وَاحِدَةٍ وَخَلَقَ مِنْهَا سَوْجَهَا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created from him, right? Um, from it, its, uh, its companion. Now how was Hawa created? The scholars differ in opinion. The more common and known opinion is that Hawa was created from the rib of Adam alayhi salam. And... Um, these scholars actually provide detail. They say that it was from the left rib that, that she was created from. And they substantiate this through uh, some ahadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the very famous one that you can find in Sahih Muslim, in which the Prophet ﷺ said, Be very soft and be very careful with your women. Because for indeed the woman was created from the rib of the man. So this is one narration they, they use, reminding us of the origin of uh, Hawa's creation. The second narration, which can also be found in, uh, in Imam Bukhari, Rahmatullahi Alayhi Sahih, 
is that the Prophet ﷺ, after mentioning that the, the woman was created from the rib, at the end of it he said, so I urge you to take care of your women. So again, that reminds us of being very careful and soft when dealing with um, the opposite gender, if it's your spouse in particular. Because if you try to fix it, it's going to break. And if you just leave it bent, that's not going to work either. You have to find a way to accommodate things in a way that it's beneficial to the woman, and also the people around are also um, benefiting from the presence of the sisters in our community as well. And I'll talk about this in a moment. However, another very interesting opinion that isn't commonly shared is one by Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi who is a famous commentator of the Quran, and this opinion is also shared by Imam Ar-Razi rahmatullahi who was also a famous commentator of the Quran, who has also contributed to many sciences. They share this opinion. They say that khalaqa minha that she was created from him. What that actually means that Allah subhanahu wa taala created her from him. What that actually means is that they were created from the same species. It doesn't mean that she was literally created from Adam salam. You guys following? So what's the second opinion? That she wasn't literally created from Adam salam. What that means is that they were created from the same species. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses this sort of language in the Quran. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we did not send a messenger but from its people. It doesn't mean that they were literally created from those people. What it means is that they were from... They understood those people. They were from the same type of people. And there are prophets who migrated from one community to another. Literally, they weren't born in that community. But yet, still, they were able to benefit them because they understood those people. They were from the same species. They had a similar background. They had an ability to relate to one another. So they used that as an interpretation. As for the narration that mentions that she is created from the rib, Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi and Imam Razi rahmatullahi both say that this doesn't mean literally that she was created from the rib of the man. What this means is she was created like the rib. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said that you must be very delicate and careful when dealing with the rib, otherwise the rib can, uh, it can break and it can snap. And they talk about this bentness as being the softness and the emotions of the opposite gender. That's why it's very important for those people who are newly married or have been married for a while or those who even wish to get married, that when you're dealing with someone from the opposite gender, when you're living with them, it's important that you understand that people are who they are. You can't expect them to be who you are. So many a times this happens that um, after marriage a guy will expect his wife to have similar emotions as he has. And a woman will expect her husband to have similar emotions as she has. So I'll give you a common example. When, I got, when, when a couple get into an argument, um, they react in their, with their anger and emotions in different ways. Many men, when they get into, when they're frustrated, when they're angry, when they're worked up, what they like doing is being, qu- being quiet about it or just going for a walk. They want to go light on for a little bit, maybe just go for a walk, go to the masjid, make a little dua, come back. Now, many women, when they have an issue, when they're frustrated or angry, rather than going for a walk, what they want to do is talk about it. So you have someone who wants to talk with someone who doesn't want to talk, and someone who wants to walk away from something that, that wants to actually speak to them. Do you guys understand? So you have actually a class of, a class of personalities here. And unless you don't let that person walk, or unless you don't go and talk to that person when they're going through the emotional moments, and you end up treating them like you would treat yourself, you're going to hurt them even further. Understanding the personality of the person you're dealing with is a very, very big thing. And this isn't only restricted to women or men, this is with everyone and anything. Anyone or anything you're dealing with. If you have a cat, you have to understand the personality of your cat. If you have a, you know, a pet at home, whether it's a fish or anything, you, know, you have to be able to understand the personality of who you, are, who you are custodian over, whether it's your own children, so that way you can deal with them in the most suitable and appropriate manner. 
Now, according to the first opinion that Hawa was created directly from Adam salam, this then gives Hawa a very special honor that no other lady holds, that she is the only human being to be created from a man. She is the only human being to be created from a man if you hold the first opinion that she was created from his uh, limb. Now, while they were in paradise and they were dwelling and enjoying themselves, Shaitan came to them and he began to whisper to them. And he began to encourage them to go to the tree that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited them. The narrations tell us that first he went to Adam alayhi salam and he encouraged Adam alayhi salam again and again and again. And each time he came to Adam alayhi salam, Adam alayhi salam said no. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Adam alayhi salam that shaitan is your enemy. And Adam alayhi salam also witnessed the conversation that occurred between Adam alayhi salam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So after witnessing this all and seeing it all, Adam alayhi salam was not going to fall for it. Now what shaitan did was, he went to Hawa. Now why did he go to Hawa? The reason why he went to Hawa was because Hawa hadn't interacted with him or witnessed him the way Adam did. So he went to her and he started whispering to her. And he started trying to fool her and delude her. And as he started doing his thing, a time came where initially she said no, then as he continued on and on and on, she began to fall for his lie. And he was very deceptive in his lie. He made false promises. He said to them that if you listen to me and if you eat from this tree, you will become angels. You will become angels. And the reason why this promise of becoming angels was so beautiful is because the one thing Adam feared most was disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he saw what happened to shaitan when he disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Adam did not want that for himself. So he really desired to not ever want to disobey Allah and not ever ever disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that promise of that you will become angels means that the angels do not disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you will eat from this tree, become angels, and that fear of yours that you will disobey Allah will be gone. Do you guys understand that? And the second thing he promised them, that you will become eternal. And the reason why he made this promise to them, um, some scholars say is because that's what he wanted. He wanted to be eternal. He wanted to continue to fool people and be their enemy for eternity. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejected that proposal and said to him that I will give you permission to live until death comes on the day of judgment. So because he was, he was, that was something he really wanted, he thought that's something that Adam alayhi salam would also want, so he made that false promise to Adam alayhi salam. Now the second thing that he promised Adam alayhi salam, the second reason why he could have possibly um, offered Adam alayhi salam eternity when lying to him, some scholars say is because um, Adam salam now had a companion and his companion was Hawa and he loved her very dearly and they were good friends they were companions of each other and any blessing that you have from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the one reality to it is that it will perish you know when a, ch- when a mother has her child the one reality that the mother has to admit when holding her baby in her hand after giving birth to that baby is that one day this baby is going to it's going to die And no matter how much you love your parents, you have to look at them in the eyes and one day tell yourself that they are going to die. Because every creation will perish. So he is making this promise to them that you know everything you have and this wife and everything, the moment will stop right here and you will be eternal. Nothing can go away from you. And when he made this promise to them, first of all, he made two promises. And the second thing he did when... when, um, trying to fool them, he took an oath. He said, Wallahi, 
He took an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for Adam alayhi salam, who was the first human being who hasn't dealt with um, uh, ingenuine people, he's seeing this person who's making promises, and not only that, he's taking an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the creator. And that was even low for shaitan himself. And Allah says in the Quran, وَقَاسَمَهُمَا إِنِّي لَكُمَا لَمِنَ النَّاصِحِينَ he promised them, he took an oath, he said, I swear by Allah that I am sincere to you and what I'm promising you will happen. So then after that, فَدَلَّهُمَا بِغُرُورٍ Now what happened was they took the fruit and they, they took the tree and they ate from there. Now there are a few questions. The first question is, if they are in paradise, how is shaitan whispering to them? Is that a valid question? If they're in paradise, how exactly is shaitan whispering to them? So there are multiple opinions shared on this. The first opinion is that shaitan at the time was actually also permitted to be in paradise. And when Allah kicked him out of paradise, what that meant was, his honor was taken away from him, yet he continued to dwell in paradise as a disgraced, disobedient servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you know all the, 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 the prestige he had before, it was all gone. And all the favors of Allah that he had to benefit from Jannah, it was all gone. But he continued to live in paradise as a disgraced, disobedient servant of Allah. So they say that disobedient creation of Allah. So therefore they say that that's why he was able to whisper to them and to um, delude them into falling into his trap. The second opinion is that he wasn't actually inside paradise. What he was doing is he was standing outside paradise and he was whispering from there, hence the ayah uses the words, shaitan. He whispered from there. And his voice went inside paradise and they heard it and that's how he was influencing them while he was outside, influencing the one inside. Kind of like someone who's standing on the other side of the cell and he's speaking to the person that's inside the cell. And he's influencing that person even though he's actually not there. Now, the third opinion, which is actually a very interesting one, the scholars, they argue that which Jannah was Adam salam even in? Are you guys following me? Yes or no? We say that shaitan cannot be in Jannah. The Quran says Adam and Hawa were in Jannah. But which Jannah were they in? Is this really the Jannah that Allah promises us in the Quran again and again, which some scholars refer to as Jannatul Khuld, the paradise of eternity, or is this another Jannah? So, a group of scholars, they say, and this is the most common opinion, by the way. The most common opinion by the scholars is that they were not in the paradise of eternity. They were not in the paradise of eternity. You know the eternal paradise that Allah talks about in the Quran and again and again? They were not there. And why is that? They have a few objections. First thing, if he is in eternal paradise, then how could he leave it? That defies the characteristic of eternity. How did he leave paradise? The second thing we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding Jannah says, إِنَّ لَكَ أَلَّا تَجُوعَ فِيهَا وَلَا تَعْرَى That you won't be hungry in it, neither will you be uncovered in it, you won't be unclothed in there. And we learned that Adam alayhi salam and Hawa, after eating from that tree, they were also unclothed. So that also is another issue they bring up. The second thing they say is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises in the Quran, وَفِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِيهِ الْأَنفُسِ that in paradise you can have whatever you want, no prohibitions, no restrictions at all. But we learn in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to them, He put a restriction on them, that you cannot go near this paradise. And the last thing, last argument they make is that shaitan was able to whisper to them. And if this was really Jannatul Khuld, if this was really the paradise of eternity, there is no way shaitan could either be in there, 
So they are, that's a, a, a rebuttal to the opinion of scholars who say that he was in there, but he didn't have his influence. And they also say, not only can shaitan not be in there, shaitan can also have no influence over it. So you know the opinion where they say he was standing outside and whispering from there? They say that's also problematic because how can shaitan have influence on the purest of souls that are living inside paradise? So these are some objections they put together. So if, the, if this isn't Jannatul Khuld, if this isn't the paradise of eternity, then which paradise is this? Some scholars, they say that this was actually a special paradise created for them. This is a special holding ground, if you wish to say. A special transitional paradise that they were in. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had already decreed and already announced that Adam salam was going to the earth. Before his creation, the announcement had already been made that he will be in the earth. So there was a holding period in which Adam was in a very uh, special paradise that was created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send him to paradise if he was always supposed to go to the earth? If he was always supposed to go to the earth, why is he in paradise? So the scholars, they answer this by saying, the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent him to this paradise for a temporary period is so that we can learn from his example. To teach us a lesson. And Adam salam and this mistake that he made in paradise is a very powerful lesson. If someone has the ability to reflect and really wants to learn something from this, you can learn the power of temptation. That how everything is permitted for you. But there's one thing that's prohibited, and what's the human nature to go? After that one thing. And you ask yourself this, out of all the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited us to drink, it's just things that are intoxicating. Other than that, can we, we can drink so many other things. So many other natural drinks are out there. So many beautiful things out there that we can drink. Yet the human still wants to go and intoxicate themselves. Out of all the things that are out there, Allah has given us so many halal things. So many halal things. Khanzir was made haram. Right? And yet what does a human being want to do? They want to eat khanzir. Out of all the halal things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised, People still want to go for the haram. And the scholars, they have this uh, statement for this. They say, Al-insanu hadisun fima munia. That the human being is very greedy for that thing which he has been prohibited from. That which, which he has been stopped from. If I, told you, if I tell you right now, don't blink. Guess what you all just did right now? You blinked. And the reason is because you were told not to do it. So that's why your nature is going to be, I'm going to do that. Adam salam is teaching us this lesson. That in the higher heaven, everything was permitted except for one thing, so in this world as well. Don't focus on the things that are prohibited. Don't let those things come into your mind. Don't, let it, don't even give them the space and time. Don't let them even be a part of your life. Focus on enjoying the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has permitted for you. And they are so many and so abundant that if you really focus on the halal, you won't have any time for the haram. Right? If you focus on the halal properly, if you enjoy the halal, you won't have any time for the haram. The second thing that we learn is the power of free will. Adam salam is teaching a lesson to his children that will come until the Day of Judgment. That free will is very powerful. It was this ability within the human being, this free will and knowledge that made us superior to angels. Just yesterday, the angels were bowing down in front of Adam salam and shaitan was kicked out. But today, that very same free will led Adam salam to a pathway which made him leave paradise. That holding that he was in, that special place that he was in. So it's teaching us again the power of free will. When you're out there and sin presents itself, and good presents itself, always remind yourself that the decisions that I make today will have an implication. 
They will impact me. They will impact my future in the dunya and in the hereafter as well. So be very careful on how you deal with this free will. It may be free in this world, but you will be accountable for it in the hereafter on Yom Al-Hisab. The third thing that we learn, that shaitan teaches us firsthand, I mean, Adam alayhi salam teaches us firsthand how deceptive shaitan could be. Not only is he a liar, not only is he jealous of us, but he will also take an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name to, to get back at us. Meaning he's teaching us how great of an enemy shaitan is. He took away from Adam alayhi salam the most, most beautiful thing, right? The greatest possession that was Jannah. And if he can take Jannah away from Adam alayhi salam, what don't you think he can take away from us? So we, the children of Adam alayhi salam, now have that opportunity to go back and reflect on Adam alayhi salam's period in paradise. And learn lessons from there so that we, we can take these lessons and then pre- prevent shaitan from attacking us and save ourselves. Now the second opinion is that this was not a Jannah beyond the world, this was actually a Jannah within the world. That Adam salam, when he was created, he was sent to the world. And within the world, there was a higher ground which was very similar to a Jannah. And that's where he was staying with Hawa And some scholars have gone as far as saying that this was actually Palestine. They say this was Quds, the area where they were staying in. And other scholars have given different areas of the earth where they were actually staying during that period. And then... The objection to this opinion is that if they were living in the world, then why is it that when they were asked to leave paradise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to them, Ihbitu, that descend. Because if they were already in the earth, why are they descending? So the response to this again is that they were living on a higher ground within the earth. It was a higher ground and therefore they were commanded to come downwards from that higher ground and live with, their own, live with the people.